Hello everyone! The clip you're about to hear is from one of our exclusive Patreon episodes on a recent horror release, and just like all of our other episodes, it might include major spoilers for said horror release, so don't listen to it if you haven't already seen it. You've officially been warned. And if you'd like to hear the full episode, just head on over to patreon.com slash horrorqueers and subscribe today. Without further ado, here is your exclusive Patreon clip. You know, we start to learn that everybody is suffering from nightmares. They're becoming more pervasive. Ray's is still drugging people. We're getting more backstory. Um, I do like the cross-cutting scenes where Danny and Rain sneak out through the vent and go to the cemetery and watch the the storm and how that's um, cross-cut with Birdo's not sexual hookup with Ileana in the pool. I I actually did really like this. A, we also get a queer kiss, which I mean, again, it's not just like, oh yeah, that their romance. We're getting a fucking like kiss between two women in this movie. It's so great. It's not chaste. Like, no. I'm, I'm not going to say it's like the most heavily sexualized kiss ever, but like, it's not one kiss, it's multiple kisses. And it's not shied away from. And that's I nice. think, I mean, I think Hunt and Williams actually do have a really good chemistry in they this. Do. I, I, yeah. I, I mean, we're saying this a lot. I want more. I wanted more scenes of them. Mm-hmm. But it's, we get enough of this relationship to where in the end, when it's like Rain and like trying to get through to Danny, mm-hmm. like all, I buy into all of that at the end of this film because of that. Now, I don't buy into fucking Sam when he had to use his powers all of a sudden. But, barf, yeah. But, but this pool scene, I actually did really like this too. And I thought the shot of like the burned hand coming up to get him, like, I, Let's talk about this, actually. So the okay. horror... I read a lot of reviews where it was like, okay, the horror doesn't mesh well with the YA stuff. Like, it feels very tacked on. I don't buy that at all. I, yeah, I actually thought that it... I mean, I did want more of the horror stuff. I could have gone on for lengthier set pieces or maybe even better constructed set pieces. Right. But this all... I think my biggest surprise of this movie is that it did feel like one singular vision that wasn't hacked to bits. Mm-hmm. And that the tones, for the most part... Gel well together. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because even from the moment that she wakes up, there's a there's an insidious nature about this institute with oh, yeah. the locked doors and you know, you keep wondering where the fuck is everybody else? Mm-hmm. Something is not connecting. Like there's paranoia and a little bit of dread built into this from the very foundation. And I mean, that to me sounds like people who need to watch more YA horror or like maybe read more YA horror because I 100% think that this is doing what it needs to do and it doesn't feel totally different to me. But that's kind of the thing though, right? Like, I mean, no offense to most horror fans, but a lot of horror fans are going to stick their nose up at YA, right? Um, I mean, a lot of adults stick their nose up at YA because they feel like it's too juvenile. But yeah, then you divide it into a subcategory. Horror is already a hard sell for a lot of people. So YA and horror together, it's like... But it's right. I don't mean to generalize the entire horror audience. I'm talking about the people that call the PG-13 rating the pussy 13 rating. Like those people. Which, which, again, unfortunately are a bunch of straight white men making up the bulk of that. Actually, no, I'm sorry, (laughs) straight men, not even white. But I know that, I mean, like, like, I like the YA stuff. I was, I was fucking there, Fault in Our Stars, opening weekend, seeing that shit in theaters. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because the thing is, is people, people need to understand that typically with YA texts, you're just painting with slightly larger brush, brush strokes. Yeah. There we go. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, you know, I made fun of the fact that there's a lot of, you know, we said on the nose that the metaphors are pretty clear. Mm. But that's also the 
the the narrative mode that YA is trafficking in because everything is larger than life in YA. So like the stakes are always life and death, even when it's something as simple as mean girls where you're like, oh, I don't fit in. And these girls have been nasty to me. Yeah. So it that actually all feels very representative. Like, you know, Birdo's inability to make out with a girl without potentially killing them that is high stakes. Like, yeah. I think that works to me. The problem is, is it's just not fleshed out enough here. Right. No, I mean, yeah, you, you get the idea in the pool scene and that's it. It's not really like, mm-hmm. they don't do anything else with that beyond that one scene, really. Yeah. But I will say, like, apart from the slightly dodgy effects of this creature design mm-hmm. when it actually comes out of the pool, yeah. I actually think that this is one of the scarier moments in the film. It is. I mean, I, I, you're right. I, honestly, the creepiest part is the hand coming up uh, to touch I his back. It. It's no, it's really great, and it shot really well. Like, mm-hmm. I, I love a pool set piece. Yes, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, once it lights on fire and it starts screaming at him, it's kind of like, all right, like all you right. blew your load a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. Although I did like that, uh, Ray's just kind of comes in and pushes him into the pool. Oh, <laughs> like, God, kid, you're on fire, and there's a body of water right there. <laughs> 